0: Hello, and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Bean, and I'm joined by Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we're going to be talking about and discussing your school's ecosystem, the atmosphere, the environment, the, the feelings, the vibe that you give off or your school gives off, the, the students in your school, the the staff, everybody whether they're they're a paid employee, somebody that's visiting for the first time watching class or they're uh, black belt students that, that have been with you for years and years. all of that attributes to the type of environment that what I would what I am, am referring to as the ecosystem in your school. And this is something that happens um, or maybe I should say this is something that can happen without you having much or any input on it. Perhaps you might want to pull a few strings uh, or tweak a few things to guide that ecosystem into something that you want, uh, the vibe, the the atmosphere that, that you want to, to have or, or to create or to set up. Um, but again, whether you know it or not, your school has this. You have an ecosystem in your school already. And so... If you have a a brand new person come in first day trial they're coming in hey i wanted to do karate okay great when they walk into the school what type of things do they see what type of things are they smelling who are the people they're interacting with all of that all of that is is really something that um i really believe that you should take a look at and also again tweak modify adjust to make it the right type of experience for you and for your school, everybody's going to have different needs. Everybody's going to have different ideas or mindsets on what they want to achieve with this. But understand that this is something that is happening without you knowing it, or, or you know whether you know it or not. Really, I guess it's happening. And so, the culture of your school is a kind of a big part of your school. In on the floor teaching, you may have that all dialed in. But as soon as your, your students leave, they may be, you know, maybe they're using uh, bad words. They're swearing or, or you have people, parents that are yelling at their kids or, you know, the, the windows or the mirrors got lots of fingerprints on them or the garbage is overflowing or it smells like feet in your school. I'm sure everybody has heard that before because it's a, it's a martial arts school. Everybody's barefoot. So whether it smells like feet or not, people are going to come in and say, man, it smells like feet in here. And that's, uh, I, that's, that's a gripe that I have because we do a huge number of things to um, prevent that from happening. But despite that, we do field trips. And first time people come in for field trips, the kids, you know, it only takes one kid to say it. And, of course, everybody's going to agree. It smells like feed in here. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good job. Thanks, thanks for the the the, the feedback on that, um, and so that just means that we have extra extra things to work on to try to clean that up and, and and to fix that or, or to to remedy that. Now, again, the smell, the atmosphere, the looks, the sights, the 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 sounds, all of that is attributing to your ecosystem, and if that's not something you have thought about before, if that's not something that you um, have diligently focused on and tweaked and modified and, 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 and changed and molded into what you want, then it very well might be not the atmosphere that you want. And I would go as far to say that it could be limiting the amount of people, the amount of students that you have in your classes. Because again, it doesn't matter if you're teaching a, a, a wonderful class, the type of atmosphere or, again, ecosystem that they're getting outside of the class is not up to par or in line with or in sync with the things that you're doing out on the floor, then there's a disconnect. And so thinking about what you can do to modify those things, what you can do to help to establish a positive atmosphere or, or, or culture in your school, I, I believe, is something definitely we should take a look at. Big school, small school, huge school. Again, all of you're all of them are going to have this. And if you have multi different schools, if you have you know multiple locations. The atmosphere, the ecosystem in one location could be different than at a different school, just because that person, those people that are there are different. The clientele is different. the The students are different. The s- instructors are different. Everybody is different. And those small little changes tend to have big impacts on the ecosystem of your school, right? And so I I think I've said ecosystem too many times already. I'll try to refrain and say some other words that kind of mean the same thing. But the school's atmosphere, right? What can you do to help to change or mold that into something that you want? Even down to when that person calls you on the phone for the first time or they text you because... The majority of people from, so it seems in in our school, are not so much calling anymore, they're texting. And so that type of interaction is changed now from being on, on, on the phone, personal touch. Now we're somewhat impersonable because they're reaching out via text message and we're matching and then responding via text message. The scripts that you use, the templates that you have or that you follow, all lead into this, even by, before they even come to your school for the first time. The majority of the time, you've had emails sent to them, if you had a form or a survey or something to get their information. All of that, all of all of those small little things lead up to the type of experience they're going to have at your school. Dave Kovar talks about having a, a Disney school, right? Have a, have a Disney-like atmosphere. And I, in my in my opinion, what he means by that is when you go to Disney, there's a certain type of feeling that you get. Everything's connected. This leads into this, and this leads into this, and this past gets you this and this, and all of those things come together. And Disney works very, very hard to keep a certain level to the experience that they're their clients have, that the the people that you, you, when you go to Disney, that experience that you have is completely dictated by the interactions that you have in and around the park. And I would say that Disney has done a huge amount of work to help to mold and shape and, and, and design that experience to be wonderful by, by you know, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. I'm sure they've had countless number of people go through and give them feedback on different things to modify and change and adjust. And so in thinking about that, what are some things that you can do to help deliver that, maybe not exactly Disney level, but that similar type of aspect or, or those characteristics at your martial arts school, Well, having everything connected, right? How can you do that? Well, the emails that you send off, the text messages that you send off, the the phone call that you give to them all need to have a certain level of connectivity to it. Meaning the the heading are all similar. You know, you have your your location on there. The the name of your school is on there. Um, your your text messages say, "Hey, I'm I'm Chris from TriStar Martial Arts Academy," and Thanks for signing up for our martial arts program. We look forward to meeting you and John when they come in. That, right? That was that's not something that necessarily had to happen after they sign up for a free trial. I don't necessarily need to have a message go out to them that says, hey, I look forward to meeting you and, and, and John when you come to our school. It doesn't have to happen, but that is a nice touch, and all of those nice touches lead up to or build up to that atmosphere that you have at your school, leading into that Disney-type environment, that, that interconnectedness of your school. Now, on top of that, when that person comes to your school for the first time, who do they need to see, right? So maybe they get a, a phone call that day or a, a text message or an email or something that goes to them, hey, when you come to our school, uh, stop by the front desk, you'll see uh, Shannon. When you get there, just let them know that you're here for your first class, and then she'll get you all set. And then all of that interaction that happens from then on, they come to your school, they go to the front desk, they see Shannon, Shannon gets them set up with their with their belt, they show them where to put their shoes, all of that stuff. But just take a step back from that. When they walk into the doors for the first time of your school, what do they see? Right? So if you can imagine, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've walked into your, the school that you run or, or, or teach at a huge number of times. But you walk into that school with the eyes or with a mindset of somebody who's been there for years and years and years. You see all the things, but you don't necessarily take in any of them. They're just part of the school, part of the, the background. So I challenge you to maybe it's the beginning of the night, maybe it's the ending of the night, maybe it's what classes are going on. And maybe you do, you know, three or four times throughout the night just to get a, a, an idea, a, an adequate example of what other people would see as they walk into your school. But do that from a a fresh mindset. Walk into the school as if it's your first time seeing those things. As if it's the first time ever being introduced into the world of martial arts. Maybe they have an idea or mindset, you know, oh, we're going to do hi-yah, we're going to break boards, and we're going to punch people, or we're going to throw people out, whatever they're thinking. Try to put yourself in the mindset. Put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's brand new, fresh, first day ever. And then walk into your school. What do they see? What do they smell? What are, what, you know, they're not tasting anything. But all of the senses are, are, are being used. And so doing that as a, a creative experiment, as a, as a ideas mindset, will help to guide the different changes that you may choose to make. If they come into your school and there's a huge number of people out on the training floor, that's great. But if there's limited access to the bathrooms or, or people are, are trying to slide past each other because there's too many people in the viewing area, that would be, you know, take take that all into account. And, and what are some things that you could or, or, or maybe want to tweak or change, modify to increase that experience?
1: V- viewing your school And getting a feel for your ecosystem is important, like Mr. Bean mentioned, in going about if you have to change something. So as with lesson plans, as with um, class schedules, as with teaching new moves, you always want to have a goal in mind. So you first, I think, need to have an idea of what you want your studio or your school to feel like. And then walk through the door a few times, check it out, try and see if you can glean that feeling um, from what's actually happening and if you can't we're going to get into kind of some ways to get to that point but again i think it's important that you have that goal in mind of like this is how i want it to feel this is what i want to people to to see or to experience when they first walk in or when they walk in every single other time after that but again having that goal in mind instead of just walking in and being like oh well, of course this is how it feels here's here's so and so a person here's this thing that's been there for twenty years here's you know that smell that I'm just used to smelling that other people notice and I don't seem to notice anymore you know whatever it may be don't just take it for what it is but have that goal in mind and then compare the goal that you want to what you're actually experiencing and then like I said we'll kind of get into some ways that we find or ways that we have tried to go about um, shaping the ecosystem to what we want. Um, But again, like with with everything, like even, you know, your idea of the best martial arts instructor in the world, you got to have that idea first before you can start taking the steps to get there. So have an idea of what you want the feeling and the ecosystem to eventually be, and then we can work toward making it what you want it to be.
0: You know, as you're doing, going through this and thinking about changes to make, I would refrain from doing a whole bunch all at one time. I mean... With the exception of its cleaning, if if you just have a messy school for for whatever reason, pads are thrown out or the the chairs are are in haphazard order, Duh, clean. Okay, clean. Make it clean. Right. Have a have a clean and orderly and, and tidy school. That would be number one. Right. If you don't have a place for things, maybe you don't need those things. And if you do need those things, have a place for them. It's a specific area, even if it's just against the, like we have we have air shields, you know, that you use for, for big kicks, round kick or, or, you know, air shield, you hold it up against your arm. We have those just laying up against the wall. Now I say laying up against the wall. They are neat and they're tidy and the logo is facing out and they're kind of arranged by color and they're spread out. So there's a, a balance to them. So there's, you know, there's eight pads on this side of the room. There's eight pads on this side of the room. So they are just laying up against the wall. We don't necessarily have like a, a cubby for something like that. But the way they're put there, they're not just thrown. They're specifically put there by color orientation. The logos put out. They're, they're, they're balanced. We don't have a whole bunch on one side and none on the other. They're balanced. It's, it's, there's eight on this side. There's eight on this side. It's set up there specifically because that gives a good, clean look. So if your school doesn't have those things in, in place, that would be number one on my list, right? Okay. On, on top of that, again, I would refrain from changing too many things. Why? Well, if you're changing a whole myriad of different things, it then becomes difficult to associate what those changes impacted. Right? And that would be kind of nice to know. When I change this, I got this type of feeling, or this vibe or this emotion. When I changed that, this happened. when I changed. And then, from there, with that kind of information, then you can kind of tweak those. Okay, if I did when I did this, this happened. Okay, what are some other things that are in line with this so that I can make more of that happen? Oh, okay, do this, and so maybe it's something you do over, you know, a, a two or three month type of uh, of, of time period, right? You, you iterate. Okay, do this. Okay, that didn't really have any effect. Okay, do this. Oh, okay, and and perhaps maybe you do need to to you know over like a, a weekend or your clothes for a holiday or something, then you just go in and you just tweak and, and change and, and remodel and change a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, that's fine. That's great. That could definitely set you on a path. Again, then it just becomes difficult to associate what those changes did specifically to the vibe and to the feeling. Now, as you change those things, again, do your do your job of your your practice, your, your, your example of setting uh, of, of walking through the doors. Okay, how do I feel now? Okay, now do it during, during this class. Okay, what's going on now? What am I looking for? What, what other changes can I make? What tweet, what, what, you know, what small little things can I adjust? Okay, and then do it here. And maybe, you know, we talked about if you have somebody answering the phone, maybe you call your studio as not you. Maybe you borrow somebody's phone. Hey, can I, can I use your phone? Okay, call the school and pretend like you want to do martial arts classes and then see what that experience is like for those potential new people. Because you may have a system, a, a, a protocol in place for how that's supposed to get done. But just because you have that doesn't mean that person is necessarily following that or that they're following it precisely the way that you want it to be done. They may do, be doing it differently, which is better. They may be doing it differently, which is Less better, but until you experience that, you don't know. And of course, if you're standing there watching that person answer the phone, they're going to do it the way that you ask them to do it because that's how that's how people work, right? If you if you we talked about this before when we were talking about uh, recording your class, you have to record your class and uh, for you know, a couple, couple times to kind of get a baseline because you, you are going to behave differently just because you know that you're on camera. In that same idea or same mindset, if you're standing there watching or listening to that person talk on the phone, yes, of course, they're going to do it differently than if you weren't there. So by calling in and doing it anonymously, that will give you sort of a true idea of what's happening and then let that process go. What emails do you get? What text messages do you get? You know how many times does that person reach out? Do they do they ensure that you know or that sorry, do they ensure that that person on the phone knows where your school is located? Cuz it would be I mean, it would be kind of sad to go through all of that and to get somebody set up and come into the doors for the first time just for them to come into your competitors doors right because and all that just because you didn't say hey do you know where we're located yeah i know you're the, you're this oh no that's actually not us we're we're over. oh oh i see i can't tell you how many times i've been on the phone and had that happen right oh yeah you guys are these people right over here right no that's that's not us oh you're over here no that's that's actually not us either we're we're right here oh yeah okay And had I not had that conversation, had I not asked that question, I would have got them all set up, ready to go somewhere else, not here, not to, not to this school, not to interact with me, but to interact with somebody else. And, and I mean, I can only imagine that person goes into there. They, they don't know the difference. The, the, that school just takes them in as their own and and then treats them as if, you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. you're here for the first class. Okay, great. Let's get you on the floor and get you in a class. So. Unless you go through that process, you don't necessarily know what's happening. And that's all part of this. That's all part of the atmosphere of your school. And we, we talked about Disney, right? Have a Disney mindset, Disney Disney feeling to your school. Well, part of that is you want to have a, a positive feeling, right? And so what does that mean? Well, in the classes, you can help to have a positive type atmosphere by letting your, your students root on or cheer for or encourage their other students on the floor. But what's happening outside of the floor while you're teaching the next class? How are, those, how are they interacting with their siblings while another sibling is in class? Because oftentimes, you know, you'll you have three or four kids in the family all in classes, but they're not in classes at the same time. And so you might have two kids out there fighting while their, other, their older siblings in class. Would not necessarily be the right atmosphere that you want to be putting off, and so keeping all of those things in mind and and that's all part of it you know what are the what are the chairs that your clients are sitting on look like? are they comfortable? Do you have a bench? you know can they see the class well? Do you even allow people to come into your school to watch? I know I've been to some other classes for, for, for some kids that, um, the viewing area is number one, dark, which is weird. I I, I would say, you know, it's especially, um, coming from here that, that is lit well lit. We got, I don't know, a, a gazillion, like there's a lot of lights in the ceiling. Like if you can't see something in here, something's wrong cause it is way bright in here. Um, so to go there and, and to be in like kind of a dark and it's, it's almost like it's in like a hallway and there's maybe 12 chairs or something and there's way more than 12 people in the class. And so I don't know if they just don't want people to come and watch or they just it's, it's very interesting kind of the atmosphere at other um, other activities like this. And so put, put yourself in the shoes of that person that comes into your school for the first time and see what it's like. Right? What, what type of things are they experiencing? And how can you improve their experience? Now, that's not to say that they're going to want to come and sit and watch every class because, you know, whatever it is, but that would be nice. I mean, how nice? I mean, if I, if I had to guess, I would say, on an on on average, people come to your beginner's class, there's almost as many people watching class as there is doing class. As they move into your program for about a year, that cuts maybe about half. So there's, you know, there's 15 people. Okay. There's, there's 20 people in your class. There's 10 people out there watching. And then as they move into the next year, it cuts down again and so on and so on. By the time you get the black belt, maybe, you know, you get a, a, a class of black belts. It's got, you know, 20 people in it. Maybe you got five or, or so people out there watching just how it works. And, and I don't, I don't, necessarily know the magic thing that you can do to fix or change or modify that that's just how it works but the experience that they have when they are here because the the, testing's full if there's if there's some sort of like a, a board breaking seminar we talked about that a couple a couple times ago board breaking everyone comes Right, So these type of things, and it's not like, oh, man, I got to go and sit. No, they want to come and watch, and they know the atmosphere that they're going to have is a positive one. It's encouraging. It's all beneficial to their student, but also it's, it's relatively pleasant for that person to be around to sit and watch. So what are some things that you can do to help those things, to help modify that? A huge number of them. Huge number. We're going to go over just a couple of them today. Just, I, I mean, I, I'm not. Your school is different, and, and the type of atmosphere that you're, to, that you're going to want to set up for your school is, is going to be different than the one that we have here. And of course, once that's established, it's not set in stone. You can change it. You can modify it. And in fact, I would argue that maybe one mistake could greatly affect the atmosphere. In, in total, and not just across that relatively small time span of when that, whenever that issue happened at, but I would say it would be almost overarching for your entire school. So be very careful about the different ways you interact with people, the the tonality of your voice, the interactions that the students and students have, or the parents and they're, the kids that are not doing, it just all of that builds into it. So be very careful about how this all works now one thing that we have done to help to establish and, and, and to build this ecosystem is in between the classes
1: i had something to say oh okay yeah go you, ahead you kind of stopped in between yeah, the yeah two that's, sections there. yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say part of you're know, talking about the ecosystem and talking about what it's like when you're here when you walk in or when you're here for a class and and just making sure that everything is neat and tidy and organized, and there's plenty of viewing space, and it's well lit, and there's there's room for everyone to to you know actually be inside and be able to be part of everything. All of that is included in our student first mindset. So from the beginning, we've been talking about all this stuff, keeping our students first and doing all this for them, and having a good ecosystem, having a good um, organized, clean. Um, spacious area that your students and their parents and their friends and their grandmas and their aunts and their uncles and, and grandpas and everybody can come and be a part of this with them too. All of that is keeping our students first because we want you know the martial arts to impact them as much as possible and having more people bought in or involved in the program is going to Help them to reap the more benefits, or reap more benefits from the program. And you know, it's, it's as much as we want to have all that stuff, so that it's nice when we're here and it looks good and we look professional. It really does play into keeping our students first and providing them with the best environment they can they can have to train, providing them with the best environment they can spend their time in, and providing them with the best environment to invite other people to come in and say, hey. This place is awesome because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's more things that are great about your program than, than your studio smelling good. However, that does add to the uh, experience and the environment of being in your studio. And, uh, you know, it's not just about wanting to hold ourselves to a certain level. That is, yes, yes, we want to hold ourselves to a high standard, but another reason that we do all this is to create that good environment for our students to be in so that they can succeed and they can gain the most from their training you know on top of that too we, we've talked about the character building program that is implicit and also in the training of martial arts but then the things we do we go out of the way to include different life lessons and different um, you know little teaching moments to help instill character qualities in our people because we want certain people to come to us and we want to create a certain culture of these people this is part of it you know if you walk into the studio and there's pads over the floor and you can see flies buzzing around the room and you know the toilets overflowing in the bathroom well i wouldn't be surprised or maybe you shouldn't be surprised either that you're going to attract people who are okay living or being around that kind of thing you know and that's just not the kind of, of place we want to be, or the kind of people we want to come to us. So, having a clean studio, an organized studio, having rules where there's not kids running around screaming their heads off, and you know, playing with playing with their their siblings and throwing them around the room, and you know, little kids taking their clothes off. We don't want that kind of environment. So, having those rules and the structure and the cleanliness and the positive culture is going to help to. Not only attract those type of people that we want to be with us, but then create or reinforce those positive attributes that we want from our students, which is going to benefit them, again, bringing it all back to our student-first mindset. So I was just thinking all that stuff while you were talking, and I wanted to to kind of throw that in before we moved on.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of the student-first mindset, you know, part of that is your students, not just, we've talked for a little while about new students, but your current students, you know, what type of needs do they have? Setting up private lessons. How easy is it for them to set up a private lesson? You know, do they have access? They can do that on, on an app. Do they got a call? Do they got to stop by the office? You know, all of those things. And, and even down to their curriculum. Do they have access to the curriculum, the, 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 um, the course that they're learning? What information specifically do they have to know for their test? Right, and how do they get interactions with it? How do they how do they see that? Right, do they get handed it? Is it somewhere posted at your school? You know, if they get patches or something like that, how do they know where those patches go? Um, how do they hear about events that you're going to have? How do they know when testing is? All of those things, all of that, having some sort of system or or at least idea, mindset, philosophy set up to to deliver those things and have easy access to those things for your for your clients is huge. And so you know with with private lessons, with one-on-one lessons, lots of times that happens if somebody's sick. If somebody's sick, what's the protocol? You know, do do, do you have the students calling, hey, I can't make it in today because I'm not feeling so good. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, you don't feel good. I'll, you know, hope I hope you feel better soon. And then you send them a postcard, a, a get well soon postcard, depending on, you know, if, if they got, you know, whatever. Um, but on top of that, you know, they didn't come to class that night. Hey, you know, while I got you on the phone, do you, do you want to set up a, a one-on-one lesson to get caught up on this? Oh, yeah, actually, that would be, boom, right? So that's part of the protocol. You you, Or you have, at the end of the week, you have somebody call and say, hey, you know, I didn't see John in class this week. Is everything okay? Yeah, we got we, we, we got stuck longer at, at basketball than we intended to. Oh, okay, can we set up a, a, a private lesson for John so he's all caught up? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, let me see what I get open. Boom, done. Right, so have that kind of built-in. When when do those things type of when, when do those type of things need to be done? When people miss your class, okay. So you you sometimes are reaching out to them, or they're reaching out to you in that in those instances. Well, I, I mean, it would kind of make sense just to do it then, right? And then if not, if if they have an access that they can do it on their own, you have a, a web portal or, or, or an app or something like that where they can do it. Great, good. Then they can just take care of it, right? But don't just think about the atmosphere, the ecosystem as as you know it relates to brand new students, but to students that you've had with you for years and years because they're gonna have needs. And how can you help to fill their needs in the easiest way possible, with the least with the least amount of friction possible? That's all gonna be so helpful into developing your the atmosphere of your school. So one of the things that we've done is I will I, I'm teaching 98% of the classes, and as I'm teaching the classes, I'm doing my best. To, you know, use the use the kids' names, use the students' names, to interact with them. To you know, I, I frequently ask. You know, if, if it was just a weekend, I say, hey, would you know anything anything super fun happen over the weekend you want to share. And then we talk about those for a few minutes. Or, you know, if a weekend's coming up, it would be the other day of the week. Hey, you know, the weekend's coming up. Anybody got any big plans for the weekend? You know, any sports games or anything you're going to? Oh, okay, cool, yeah. And then I check in with those things next time. So I'm making those connections there. But something else that we've kind of built in is when a class is over, I am out saying goodbye to those people or, or greeting the next ones as they come in. And while that's happening, the team is getting the next class started. So they're getting the next class started. I, it's not something I have to worry about because I get the opportunity to go out and, and interact with all the clients as they're leaving. Hey, goodbye. Have a good weekend. Good luck at your game. You know, oh, you're going to Disney. Hey, let me, let me you know, let me hear about your, Disney, your, your, your trip next time you come back, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, I get to have that interaction with them, which I think, is a huge, huge thing. If I'm the person that's teaching the class, I'm the, I'm the teacher, and then I get an opportunity to go out and to be not in teacher mode, but in be in in connection making mode. Wonderful, wonderful, because it, it isn't always super easy to do that while you're teaching the class. It's, it's like you're teaching in class, okay. Then you got a break and do something else, okay. Hey, uh, John, do you, you got anything going on this weekend? No. Oh, okay. All right, we got to do this other kick now. Right? It's, it's hard to do that in the middle of class. But if you can do that before or after class, hugely beneficial. Make those connections and then follow up on those things. Hey, you had a cross-country meet. How'd it go? Uh, I, I didn't win, but I did PR. Oh, what's your new PR? 15.75. Okay, wow, that's cool. Good job. You know, whatever it is. But to have that type of connections hugely will attribute to the, the type of culture or environment or atmosphere of your school. And as you start to develop those things, it gets more and more as a, a, a culture, right? You're, you're building a culture within your school, a, a, a team aspect, right? A, t- a connective environment where people know each other, people talk to each other, people interact, they care about each other because they genuinely care about each other. If you can have that type of environment in your school, that's amazing. That's amazing. And one way that we have is that. Another way that we've done is I went through and, and wrote newsletters for every belt level. In fact, each belt level gets three newsletters. And in that newsletter, the very first one they get, and, and I did this in such a way that I don't have to continually write new newsletters. And so when somebody gets a yellow belt, they get yellow belt newsletter number one and yellow belt newsletter number one, it gives them the new information they have for that level. Right. Wouldn't that be important to know as soon as you get a belt, you're like, man, I wonder what stuff I'm going to learn. Boom. Newsletter. Oh, look at this. This is the list of new stuff I have to know. Cool. And then we talk a little bit about, you know, being humble. And then I give them a couple of, you know, things to look for, for that, that month. That's it not, not very long. And then the next month they'll get another one And that one. They don't necessarily have their new information. They're new that they, they, you know, they have to know. Maybe I give them some ideas about practicing and then we go over, you know, how to, how to make sure your uniform is nice and clean and pressed. Okay, great. And the next one, okay, Hey, make a make sure you develop a, a practice area in your house. And we give them some information about being a, a team player and, and so on. And, but I did this for all the belt levels from White Belt up to Black Belt, and they get three, well, White Belts only get one just because it depends on how they get into the program. But anyways, uh, from Yellow Belt, I guess, up to, up to Black Belt, you get three newsletters while you're that belt. You're that belt for three months, so each month you get a new newsletter. And that newsletter is delivering them information that is useful to them in that moment and helping to get them set up in, in, in forward-thinking and get them anticipating the things that are coming up at the next level or coming up down around the corner. They're getting ready to test for black belt. Okay, hey, listen, your black belt test is going to be intense. It's going to be this long, and expect this to happen. And, hey, listen, you know, it's a test. Test doesn't mean it's it's, it's go there and get my belt. No, it's go there and, and, and try. And if you don't get your belt, that's okay. You know, we'll talk about it. We'll figure out what we got to do, move forward, and you can try again. Right? But to give them this information as opposed to hopefully they pick it up along the way and they don't, is tough, right? So give them that information. Uh, setting up the newsletters, it did take some work. It, did, it took a good amount of work. The day we launched those, so I had all, all of them, you know what, because it happened right after they got a new belt, all of them went out at one time. So from some yellow belt all the way up, I'm thinking, man, you know what, I, we're never going to know if this is impactful. We're never going to know if this is beneficial or anything. You know, that's okay. I'm okay with that. But on the day they happened, they launched on a Friday. That day, we had a student come in that switched from private school to public school. And he was going through some struggles. And this was, you know, shortly after the, the new year started. Um, he, he had some struggles making that shift, that transition from private school to public school. It's a big difference. And he had, going, had been going through some struggles with that. I didn't know that. But dad said, hey, we got your email, the newsletter, and that, was, that helped him feel so much better about making that transition. And I think it was the, the specific one that they were talking about had to do with dealing with diversity or something like that. And that came to them at a time that was beneficial, they were able to gain some sort of information, gain some knowledge, some, some benefit from that. And that happened on day one. We, we said, okay, let's click the button, see what happens. And then after, again, I'm thinking, oh man, we're never going to know. On day one, as soon as they, you know, later on that day, they went out that day, Dad comes to me hey that was so beneficial. We liked that so much. We talked about it. it had a good communication with me and him. Thank you so much for that. I, I felt that, that was that was such a good feeling. Such a good feeling to to know that that hard work that I that I I I did to to build that whole system of newsletters was beneficial and it was beneficial on the first day. Hugely. That 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 felt so good to 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 know that I was able to help him uh, you know, in that, in that tough time. And now as I see him, I frequently ask, Hey, how was school today? You know, because now I know that and I remember that. And so now each time I see him, I I make it a point to ask him, you know, how, how was school? And since then, now it seems like he's, he's making that transition so much better than he was. Um, I don't know that all of it was the help from the newsletter, but it was nice to have that feedback. It really was. Um, so Meshkan, kind of been talking for a while. What do you do? You have any other ideas or, or um, potential tweaks that somebody could make to adjust their ecosystem?
1: Sure. Yeah. I you know I've been thinking at least personally, the studio we have at the other location that, that I run and I'm working out of there, we don't own or rent or have a fixed space. You know, we're we're using someone else's room. And I go there and I set up, move all the stuff they have in there out of the way, put all the stuff I need out, which is, you know, a handful of pads, a flag, and, and I don't know, maybe some cones or, you know, a timer or something if I need it. But either way, I can't have the added benefit of, you know, controlling the way things look, controlling the way things smell, controlling the layout of the of the floor to a certain degree. I don't. I don't have that, you know. I, I I go in and I make do with what I have, and sometimes that room has a bunch of other stuff in it. You know, it's it's a kind of an overflow room for the place in a church that does a food pantry. So you know, two weeks or three weeks out of the quarter, there's just tables lining the wall full of food, and I can't. What am I, I can't? Am I do anything about that? I'm not gonna move all this food somewhere else. It's not my building. It's not my stuff. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. You know. So even In that area where I can't control how everything is necessarily I can still can control certain parts of it such as you know when I do get in there and set up I set everything up the exact same way I put the chairs in the exact same place I put the flag in the exact same place I you know this many chairs are here this many chairs are here the the tables I moved are always in this spot and you know everything as much as I can is the same so that when you come back, you know exactly where you are, and you have that kind of familiar
0: layout. And 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 I I I don't know the answer to this question. I'm genuinely curious. When you have parents come, do they frequently sit in almost the exact same chair, or or pretty much the exact same chair every time? Is that interesting? I mean, after you you're assigning them places, but it's just they do it themselves. Yeah. They they go to they that, that place, chair. and that's that's where they go to watch their kid do their class. Yes, sir. That's yeah. so interesting.
1: So you know being able to control at least where I can set the chairs up or, you know, when they come in, I always say, hello, such and such person. Hello, such and such person's parents, you know, whatever. I always greet them when they come in. When they leave, you say, well, hey, bye so-and-so or see you next time so-and-so or have a good weekend so-and-so, you know. I always try to do that because that's something I can control. I can't control with the paint on the wall and I can't control if there's four overstocked TVs sitting next to the wall that the church doesn't know what to do with right now. I can't control that. What I can't control is the feeling that you get from me when you're there. And then again, you know, to a certain degree, the seating as much as the furniture and stuff I can control. So, you know, I, again, not that I'm doing it the best that that's possible, but there really is no excuse that you can't impact the ecosystem or the feeling of your studio, wherever you are, whether you own the building, whether you rent from somebody, but you're You've been there for 25 years or whether you set up in a, in a place and you're there for two hours, you still can control the ecosystem in the way that your program um, makes other people feel, you know, and, and maybe not looking at it as the ecosystem of your building, but the ecosystem of your academy, the ecosystem of your school, the ecosystem of X, Y, and Z martial arts academy, and you know that, you know, even at the grocery store, you know, you see a, a kid that you teach and they look at you and they say, hey, I think I know that guy. And you see them nudge their parents. They're like, hey, look, that's, is that someone? And parents are like, oh, yeah, well, you know, go say hi or whatever. You don't just go, oh, hey, what's up, kid? And then keep walking, you know. You take your time. You say, hey, yo, hey, how's it going? How you doing? What are you guys here shopping for? Or if you're like Professor Bean, you you, you, you talk to him on the way out and said, oh, hey, didn't you have the basketball game yesterday? How was your basketball game? What? You know, just making that personal connection not only is, is important to building your relationships, but that's part of your culture, part of your ecosystem is how you treat people too. So, you know, I, as much as we can control the, the place that we're in, it also is a feeling you get from the people that are in that place and how we treat those people too. So just as we were talking, I mean, we, you and I didn't really discuss this a whole much before we sat down. Right now, but as you're talking, I'm thinking about how that applies to me and the place that I am at, and the things I can do to try to reinforce that ecosystem and make it one that's familiar and comfortable and inviting, and something that will attract other people, but also, you know, help to get the people that are already there invested, or you know, more, again, quote unquote, bought in to the program, and just providing benefit beyond the 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 the, the learning of the martial arts. You know, and, and we talked
0: about smell and, and being clean. Um, that's a, that's a re- it. Really, is a big thing, and it's not hard to do, right? Having a clean school is not something that is, is huge. Um, you know, to do it's it's like I would say the minimum minimum requirement. Have a clean school. What can you do for that? Well, before you leave for the night, take the trash out, clean the bathrooms run the vacuum or you do it before people come in, but have some sort of standard protocol that happens every day or at least a couple times a week to, to get those things done. If you have mirrors that people are touching, clean those, right? Because it looks so bad with fingerprints all over that stuff. Have, you know, the garbage. Garbage is overflowing. Are you kidding me? Clean that, take the garbage out, right? It's, it's and all of that, all, all of those things, help to deliver a certain smell to your school. On top of that, how frequently are you cleaning your pads, right? You're disinfecting those things. Um, think about how many sweaty, nasty hands have been punching or kicking or, or, or whatever. That's Yeah, clean those. Clean those. Um, something that we do, and, and I would say has had a huge impact on the scent of our school, we have an ozone machine, and I don't. I'm not going to pretend to to try to sell you on what an ozone machine is specifically. Um, it puts off ozone in the air. It's not something that you can breathe, so you got to do it when people aren't there, and give some time for it to dissipate. We run that thing every night. We we after we clean for the night, we plug that thing in. It runs every night. I unplug it when I come back in, let it kind of air out a little bit, and then we put it away. And and the best best description I can give to you is, is what it smells like is it's like um like the smell after a rain right i mean what would you what what how would you describe the the smell maybe it's not that exactly That at. wouldn't be that nice no
1: kind of smells like a
0: swimming pool to a me. swimming pool okay okay especially when you walk in right after it's been on yeah um and really the 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 claim to fame for the ozone machine is people use that like if they've had um flood or water damage to help the smell of the area and so we use that at night and it helps to um, clean out the air it's a, it's an air purifier and it helps with the scent of the of the school and we don't have a huge school but it i mean it does it, de- it definitely does work because i can certainly um, tell a difference now that we've been using that compared to when you know before we use that
1: yeah, no, I didn't uh, quite give it the best description, but I can vividly remember the first time we turned it on, and I walked in here and I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize it smelled a certain way until it stopped smelling that certain way." I don't, I don't have a name for the way it smelled, but it definitely had a very distinct smell. And then you came in and after that machine had run for one night or whatever, and it was like, "Oh, oh, maybe that smell was really bad, and this helped to clean the air." So again, I, I don't know how it works either. And maybe again, I'm just so used to what it smells right afterward. Uh, it's really strong. I think it's where that I think that that clean. But even pool. even uh, like
0: swimming pool, I would.
1: I mean, that's chlorine. Chlorine. That's no, not, not a bad. To,
0: to me, to me, bleach is like a very clean smell. If I smell bleach, yeah. I'm like, all right, this place is clean. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I but I guess do. my
1: point is, I, it does work. Yeah. However, it does work. Um, it's made a big difference. It's so much so that I remember the the, the day. I came in and it smelled different, and it's it's kept up ever since then. Yeah,
0: yeah. and and so on top of that, we also have um, little, pl- not ba- I guess they're battery op- operated um, spray things. What what would you call those? Air fresheners uh, in the bathrooms, uh, in the in like the entryway to the school, in uh, you know a couple common places, because then you know bathrooms specifically you know sometimes throughout the night can smell a certain way and if i can just be on a timer and give that little spurt of of fresh linen or whatever it is every once in a while i mean is is much better than going in there and it spelling you know smelling a a different sort of way Um, but those having a clean school again um, if you don't have a clean school it is tough because that means you have to put the protocol in place and, and put the work in to actually do it. But you do it, right? Do it and, and and make it the best you can and then just keep it that way, right? If you have to do it and then wait for it to be terrible again and then do it again, that's a huge amount of work. However, if you just clean it, put the work in, you know, to spend three, four, five, you know, however many days, I don't know how dirty your school is, but do that one time and then just keep it that way. Do a little bit of, you know, maintenance. You just clean it, keep it clean. Is so much easier than, than waiting for it to be a, a complete disaster and then do a complete re-cleaning of everything. Um, yeah, uh, to have a clean school, at the very least. At the very least, have a clean school. Uh, so there, I guess the one takeaway from that is um, a pet peeve of mine, I, I guess, is to have a clean school. Um, on top of that, another takeaway that I would like you to have is Walk into your school with fresh eyes, and do it a couple times throughout the night. As people are here, different people are here, and do that with fresh eyes. Do it as if you are coming to your school for the very first time. And in doing so, think about the type of feelings and experiences, and, and, and the emotions that those new people are going to have. And again, if you haven't, you know, r- anonymously called your front desk and, and see what that inner interaction is like, give that a try, see what that's like, make sure, you know, uh, professor Brummett says this all the time to inspect what you expect, right? Inspect that the things that you expect to be happening are indeed actually happening. Cause otherwise they, they may not be happening. And so all of those things uh, ecosystem is such a, such a big and, and frequently overlooked portion of, of your school, the environment, um, but I think it's definitely something you can change. And again, f- f- if, if you know, something happens and it's bad, I think that that one bad thing could potentially be bad overall until you do the work to fix that. And so um, I would say maybe it's a, it's a fragile ecosystem just because you're dealing with other people, you're deal- dealing with the public. And Especially nowadays, everybody has all kinds of different ideas in their head all the time. And so do your best to give a positive, clean, good smelling, friendly, positive, I think I said positive already, environment for your, not just your students, but the people who come and want to watch too. Grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, you know, cousin, wife, husband, you know, whoever is there, um, I want everybody to have a good experience at your school and, and, and think about the different ways that you can tweak or modify or adjust different things to lead to those positive feelings about your school. Mesh do you have any closing thoughts today? We pretty well covered everything. All right, so if you um, have any questions or ideas for us, uh, we have, of course, we have coming up, uh, What well, we have two two in between, right? This one, and then two other ones. And we're going to have that question and answer episode that we've been talking about now for a while. Leave us a question. We'll be uh, happy to give you the best answer that we can. Can't guarantee it's going to be the right one, but we will do our best to give you an answer. Uh, you can leave those questions on any number of our social medias. You can find us at uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Reddit and, and YouTube. Of course, anywhere where you gather your podcasts from, we're there as well. Reach out to us. Let us know, you know what you thought about the podcast, uh, benefits that you've had, any of that stuff. We'd be glad to hear. Uh, until next time, I'm Chris Bean.
1: And I'm Chris Kent.